0: I'M BACK, BABY! OH MY double CRAP! Do you know who I am? No,
1: but maybe if you hum a
0: few bars. Yes sir, random kid I just met!
1: You know, this man's forgotten more about pain than you'll ever remember. About pain. About forgetting about. It's Jake C. Lee.
0: I am the low rating that cancels your program! I thought you were made of sterner stuff. Don't be jealous because I'm attractive! You know what? You just made the list! <laughs> oh, wait, you're serious. Let me laugh even harder.
1: It's time to check the link.
0: I like that. I didn't do anything wrong because I can't do anything wrong. Hooray! People are paying attention to me. It's All In Sports.
1: Game on, everyone. It is All In Sports. Jake Seely as your host, as always. You can follow me at All In Kid, but you know that by now. And you definitely know today's guest we'll be getting to in a few seconds here. But as a reminder, go to the iTunes, go to wherever you listen to your podcast, subscribe, rate, five stars, all that good stuff. Help build this, help keep it free. We do have the Patreon still, patreon.com front slash all in sports, where you can pay a little bit. Be involved, part of the program. You know, tell us what you like, what you don't like. You get discount on a shirt. You get the fancy black book from Joe Pia. Chris Meany's there. You get extra shows every single month instead of just this Tuesdays and Thursdays. We're there Monday, Wednesday, Friday as well, including some extra YouTube stuff and all sorts of good things. So go there. Also, theathletic.com front slash all in sports. If you want to read my stuff, if you want to hashtag check the link, if you want to check the rankings, you get 30% off with that link. So go do all of those things. And I appreciate if you do it again. As a reminder, if you do give the five stars, if you do go to the iTunes and subscribe, take that screenshot, get ready to send it to me. I'm going to be doing it probably right before Thanksgiving, but going to take all of those. Put them all together in a big basket, swirl it all up and pick out a name and give somebody the free signed mini helmet of the Saints of Michael Thomas, that beast of a man who just had the best touchdown celebration of the entire season last week. But like I said, lots of talk to get into today. Great show. Big show. If you're listening to today's podcast, you know where to follow today's guest. If you don't, I don't know what you're doing listening to this podcast because he's pretty much, I would say, like the, what, the king of snark, the head of Team Huevos. He's the uh, plus-five defense sword to your troll. It's Brad Evans. You follow him at Yahoo Noise. Uh, there's few better on Twitter,
0: I would say. Wow. Oh, that's high praise. I, I greatly appreciate that. Yes, if you want uh, crappy fantasy advice, terrible gambling picks, And just me feeding trolls uh, relentlessly, then uh, by all means, follow me on Twitter.
1: (laughs) Uh, Like, see, the problem is is I I feel like you're so good at the snark and pushing back at the trolls. Like, I like to troll the trolls, but you do it so much better where it never seems like you're really that upset. Like, sometimes I, I get borderline triggered.
0: Well, I mean, there, there are some instances. I mean, there are always there are people that uh, you know, cross this invisible line and they, <laughs> they start really start hammering you about, uh, I mean, I've been called a racist. I've been called so many different things over the years that I'm just like, where are you pulling this from? <laughs> it's like it's like people who know me know I'm like the antithesis of everything that you're describing. But just because you have a platform and you have the ability to use your thumbs on a touch screen uh, it gives you justification to just you know make up nonsense about me. That's what <laughs> people do. So what I do is I drink tequila. It gives me inspiration. And I <laughs> run right back.
1: So maybe that's the problem is I don't drink. So that, that's, that's the issue is I don't have that, that escape. Well,
0: I mean, if you smoke, I mean, it, whatever. I mean, pop wow. and gummy. I live in Colorado.
1: It's the rite of passage here. Dude, does uh, drinking a lot of monster energy drinks, does that count? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, if you want to accelerate your death, by all means.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. Actually, I had my favorite one probably ever was, you know, the liar, liar. You know, stop breaking the law. Pork chop sandwiches. Then yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I use that every single time, which uh, we're going to talk about your boy today. But back a couple of years ago, when he kept breaking the law, kept breaking the law, kept breaking the law, I used that gif. And somebody comes after me is like, oh, so you support domestic violence people like Greg Hardy? I'm like, how do you jump from yeah. one- like,
0: w- where did that even come from? Uh, look, I'm, I made a reference to General Custer, right? Famously uh, was slain at the Battle of Little Bighorn by the Ogala Sioux. Right. Right. And uh, it was something along the lines of uh, Peyton Manning. This is his little bighorn. That's all I said in the title. And I got so much hatred from people. I don't know if they were Native Americans. They said they were that I referenced this. I'm like, the Native Americans won. They won <laughs> that battle. What, what am I doing wrong here? I have a history degree. I put it in the proper context. It's just like people are just too damn sensitive nowadays.
1: Oh, you're not kidding. Speaking of which, real quick, before we do get to your boy, I'm curious, how did you go from a history degree ending up doing what you're doing?
0: I slept my way to the top. Okay. Fair enough. I've said this before. Uh, No, I mean, I I was a teacher for six years. I was uh, screwing up impressionable Young Minds in Champaign, Illinois, teaching at-risk students of high school age. Uh, I taught gang members, murderers. Uh, When I was a juvie, I did that for a couple of summers as well. I wasn't in in actual juvie myself, but uh, teaching uh, kids at juvenile detention in Champaign County. Um, and then, you know, the story is I stumbled across a Matthew Barry article. I'd never read anything by Barry. I uh, still haven't. Um, no, no, no discredit <laughs> to Matthew. He's a legend <laughs> in this business and, uh, he's the entire reason I'm in, uh, the gig, but true story. I just, I never read anything that he writes. I don't read anybody's stuff. I don't even read my own. Uh, I can't even <laughs> read. So the, <laughs> the whole thing was, I, I went to a wrote world article and maybe it was a serendipity. I have no idea. And uh, you know, it was long. If you remember the Barry article, they they do tend to rack up thousands of words. And I got to the end of it, and he said, "Hey, I'm starting this uh, Yahoo group site for uh, fantasy players and aspiring writers." So I was like, "Oh, that sounds interesting." So I went there, started posting messages on the board. Uh, he started following stuff Some said he seemed to know what you're talking about. I'm like, "I guess." He goes, "It seems like you know how to string together a sentence." I'm like, "That's all I did in college, man. I was a history major. I got drunk and I wrote papers." So um, he goes, "Hey, can you write for me?" And I was like, "Yeah, not a problem." And he goes, "I can't pay him." I'm like, yeah, "I totally understand." Uh, we did that, and then two years later, TownsendMrRoto.com to just exploded, and then I was a Yahoo. So that's you know, wow. kind of long long story made short of how I went from being a teacher to now a fantasy jackass for a living.
1: <laughs> so it was like that's like Dangerous Minds the sequel. Is that what you're telling me?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna bring Coolio back out. He's gonna do the soundtrack again. <laughs> um
1: whole thing. Oh, good. I was hoping I could hear that song for a year and a half again. That, that was <laughs> so great. Top 10 forever. All right. Let's talk about your boy first. Let's talk about Josh Gordon. For people yeah. that don't know, he's your boy. And, you know, you can look at this game and you can look at that play and be like, "All ah, right, it's blown coverage. is a big play. But, you know, you have the counter argument. Well, what did they bring Josh Gordon in for is the big right. plays. We're not talking about the trade. We're not talking about the value that got there. You are probably the biggest supporter of his, at least that vocalizes it. Where do you honestly see Josh Gordon the rest of the season? Why receiver two? Like, what what is your opinion here? Because do you have any, let's put also this as a side question to it. Do you have any concern if, and I put a big if on that, Gronkowski ever comes back healthy?
0: No, actually, I don't think Gronk is going to come back healthy. I, I mean, he looked like a guy, uh, and this is a reference I made on my own podcast, a fantasy record. You can check it out on iTunes and also the Google Play Store. This week, you know, it looks like Gronk has gone through like a multi round UFC fight. Every single time he falls uh, to the turf, he has to, you know, pull himself off of the ground and then lumber back to the huddle. I mean, he's just not right. And I don't think he's going to be. And that's why they're giving him a week to week designation. Uh, I mean, it's going to be sparse in terms of him making even cameo appearances, I think, down the home stretch. Now, in terms of Josh Gordon, uh, as objectively as I can speak, I he's a borderline top 20 wide receiver rest of the season. Uh, I mean, he's seen eight targets per game in his last four. He's averaging north of 70 yards per game. He's got 200-yard games under his belt during that stretch. That's a, a large enough target share. Uh, he is a guy that Tom Brady seems to be honing in on in premium situations like in the red zone on some of those explosive pass plays. They haven't connected completely. You know, I, I, I've never seen a touchdown catch, the one that he had last week against Green Bay, more scrutinized than Gordon's. <laughs> like, because everybody's like, man, he looks slow. Hey, he just It looks like he's sloughing. And I'm like, and he looked faster than he was in the Bears game where he just ran out of gas. It was like he blew a tire at the two-yard right. drag of the turf. You know, but the thing is, you line everything up. Is he connected to an elite quarterback? Yes. Is he in a tremendous overall situation? Absolutely. Is he a starter who's seeing premium targets and sizable target share? Check. Uh, And, you know, is he getting red zone looks? Is he getting those long uh, YPTs, yards per target plays downfield? Absolutely. I mean, you pull it all together, that's a profile of a top 20 wide receiver. So I'm sticking to my guns, and you look at the rest of the season schedule for New England, uh, you get Tennessee. Uh, did you see Malcolm Butler and how he got toasted by Alan Hearns last week? <laughs> is, is Malcolm Butler actually playing this week? Like,
1: is there any chance they just say, you know what, dude, we can't, we can't start you anymore?
0: Yeah, pull a Belichick and be like, hey, man, you're on the pine. Sorry, bro. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, bro. Thanks for playing. I mean, he, he should just retire. It's just, <laughs> just right off in the sunset, man. You're done. I mean, when Alan Hearns is humiliating you on national television, that sums up how strong your demise has become.
1: I wonder if Vontae Davis is texting him in mid-game. Hey, man, you see (laughs) see what I did earlier this year?
0: (laughs) Do you notice that move? Yeah, that was a smart run on my part. You know why? Because I'm kicking back. I'm (laughs) sipping the bubbly. I'm not doing jack. I I haven't done a squat in, like, weeks. It's amazing. (laughs) All right, so, well, you know
1: what? Real quick, talk about that. You said that play, and very scrutinized. I hate you and I'm sure you do too I hate though well if you take this away and like well oh, if it's the dumbest thing ever you, yeah. you know the David Johnson games like you know if you take away every play that he's had of 50 plus yards he's really not doing that much <laughs> like, you know if you take away every touchdown this guy has scored he's never found the end zone but all that being said, does that ever and I'm not just talking about Josh Gordon but if you're you know you you're sitting back and you're trying to analyze as a whole and watch the game a play like what happened with Josh Gordon where it was complete blown coverage. Do you say, you know what, I will take that away and just factor in what he did the rest of the game? Or you say, you know what, when it comes to talented players, those kind of things are going to happen for them.
0: Uh, I think it's on the uh, latter point. I mean, those things do crop up. I mean, you take the Traquan Smith record-setting play for Drew Brees against Washington Monday night uh, a few weeks ago. (laughs) That was No, no, no. I I 100% still believe the Redskins wanted to be the team that gave that up. No, I, I think Trey Kwon went to line and uh, there are Washington players like, man, that dude's got leprosy. I, <laughs> I get nowhere close to that cat. And I mean, he just streaked up the line. You and I could have walked that one in. Um, you know, it's you have to, it all counts the same. It all gets mixed into the same stew. Uh, Josh Gordon, again, is still seeing enough of the target share. He is getting those long-range targets. These things are going to happen. Blown coverages do happen. If you're going up against Tyree Kill, chances are there's going to be a blown coverage because he's faster than everybody else. Gordon is a big-bodied receiver. He's still uber-athletic. Uh, I thought the catch uh, that turned out to not be a catch in which he dragged a toe right on the sideline, I think if they would have reviewed it, yeah, it, it could have gotten reversed. They called it incomplete. But the body control in that play was sick. I mean, he, he's still making contested catches. So whether or not he is wide-ass open or if there are people blanketing him, he's making plays. And for that, uh, you've got to look at him as an attractive option down the stretch.
1: Well, speaking of target shares, speaking of making plays, Mark Cooper is back last night uh, to a degree. You know, he led the team yeah. in targets. He got his touchdown. He got 58 yards, which is, it's always fun to say, hey, we're sitting back and celebrating 58 yards for Mari Cooper, but... In all reasonable exponent, you know what? I don't know if you know this, and uh, because just like you, I don't have a lot of time to read other people and listen to other people. So I doubt you've ever read or come across my stuff where the fact that for the entire career, I hate Amari Cooper. Like, he is one of the <laughs> few people that I will never draft. I argue against everybody every single year. I, just, I don't understand why people want to get involved with him. They see the three good get- I'll tell you what I've always called him. Last year, I called him the poor man's brand of cooks. Before that, I called him, he's this generation Santana Moss. So. Oh. Oh, oh that's yeah. fair. Yeah. So, Amari Cooper. That's the rest of the season. Do you think that's still a fair assessment, or do you think because of the target share, of the volume, of the need of a number one in this offense, that this could potentially be maybe not the best of? Amari Cooper is going to be a wide receiver one, but he finally finds consistency.
0: I think he'd easily be a back in wide receiver two, and I'm with you. You know, I, the fantasy footballers guys have always called him the Pooper Cooper. And uh, I think that's uh, applicable, and I fully support that. I mean, you're preaching the choir. I've always felt that Mark Cooper has been overrated. Uh, he's not tenacious mentally. He's a guy that's rather sheepish, uh, and it's, it's a lot of it is confidence issues. But uh, very encouraging signs against Tennessee. Um, you know, a guy that was seen, as you mentioned, the sizable target share. Uh, they're going to force-feed him. They have to because they, they can't rely on Zeke Elliott left, right, up the gut 20 times per game. The other thing we got uh, you know, to really focus on here, it's the schedule. It's the second easiest for fantasy wide receivers rest of season. So you, you know, put together the targets, you put together the soft opponents upcoming, uh, and you know, even if he is a modicum of what he was in terms of talent – I think uh, this is a guy that could easily be, you know, that wide receiver 20 to wide receiver 24 range and half-point PPR leagues and 12 teamers. So I actually traded Demarius Thomas before the Monday night game straight up for Cooper in a high-stakes fantasy experts league with Andy Barons. Kind of a fun deal uh, that I threw out there. Yeah, uh, yeah. and I'm ecstatic with uh, the early returns on the old Pooper Cooper. Yeah,
1: I see. I would have made that trade too. And I hate Amari Cooper. So I think there's a potential there. But the other side of the game, the Tennessee Titans office is alive. So we actually see not only Deion Lewis doing what we should have been doing the entire time is, hey, maybe this guy, maybe the super talented, very all-around terrific running back should be the one that's leading this backfield and stop screwing around with Derrick Henry. So we see that in full mode last, week, last night. But we also see Corey Davis catch on. But I'm going to, so I want you to talk about both in your opinion. Is it Marcus Mariota that he's potentially turning the corner here? He needed a time off. Maybe he needed to get healthy. Or are we looking at Corey Davis? 10 targets. Meanwhile, the next closest was Deion Lewis. With four, and it's all going to be volume based for Corey Davis going forward.
0: Well, it's always been volume based with Corey Davis. The problem is that he should have had a more appreciable fantasy night if uh, Marcus Mariota doesn't miss him wide open in the end zone, overthrew oh God, him that by so terrible. Yeah, by like five feet. Uh, you know, Mariota hadn't been healthy, and and I think that really set uh, the offense back. The fact you know, the first handful of weeks he wasn't close to one hundred percent, and it's taken a while I think for the scheme to take hold under Matt Lafair. Uh, you know, we all expected hey, this could be the L.A. Rams part, duh. And it has been part, uh, uh so far this season. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I think Corey Davis, uh, another guy actually traded, interestingly enough, last week in that same league, uh, along with Andy Dalton before the A.J. Green injury, for Marquez, Valdez Gantling, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'm uh, running like cloud 11. if It does exist right now. I'm so ecstatic with uh, how that turned out. Uh, but, uh, I mean, Davis is going to continue to see, you know, 25 to 30% of the target share. That's attractive. Uh, the touchdowns are going to be few and far between, as we've seen the entire season. And getting back to Deion Lewis, I- I'm just glad that there is a coach in the NFL and Vrabel and uh, Lafleur who had an epiphany to say, oh, uh, here's a smart idea. Why don't we give our best running back the ball more? Unlike Mike McCarthy, who's taken an eternity to get Aaron Jones going after the old Galapagos tortoise, Jamal Williams, continues to get trotted out there, <laughs> uh, among other coaches who just made, you know, imbecilic moves this season. So uh, I love Deion Lewis. Uh, I think he is the most underappreciated running back in the NFL. And now for those that want to drive down Revenge Street, he gets his former employer in the New England Patriots this week. Who've given up right around four, uh, 4.3 yards per carry, the running back position. Lewis setting the pace. Among all eligible running backs and missed tackle percentage. Uh, I mean, he's a real deal, Holyfield, man. And I, I think he's going to get probably 20 touches per game moving forward.
1: All right. So let me give you another follow up to this situation. Derek Henry. And I think the answer, I think I know what the answer is going to be because it is week 10 and at this point of the season. Now you can start really looking at handcuffs. Is he droppable? I'll say droppable in like a 10-team, obviously 12-team or deeper. It's, it's hard to, when you have a backfield only split between two guys, and now I'm answering the question myself, it's, it's hard to yeah. drop somebody, where if Deion Lewis were to ever get hurt, and he does have a history of injuries, he does step up to a huge volume of touches, but if you're in a 10-team, if you need to make a move, if you have the bye weeks, is he, is he droppable, or is it just you, you've got to hold on to him some way or another?
0: I think he's uh, cut worthy. I mean, it, it, again, it depends upon the format. I mean, you and I play in, like, ridiculously deep leagues. I'm in a 20-teamer. I, I think I, I have, like, three putters <laughs> rostered in that league, a couple of long snappers. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, that's like a covered bear. That's just who ends up being healthy by week 14. I, that's precisely it. Uh, you know, and it, you take a Royce Freeman in round three like I did, again, in a 20-teamer, oh, that's haunted me the <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, I, you know, I'm a lady because I have Mike Davis on that roster now. Chris Carson's banged up. So, I mean, you're just trying to squeeze as much blood out of the turnip as you can week in and week out. So, um, you know, getting back to Derrick Henry, if you're in a 14-teamer or, the uh, you know, smaller format, um, he's expendable. Highly expendable in my opinion. Yeah, he's more or less just a, a glorified handcuff. And a guy – I think finally we all should just embrace this idea that he's another one of those Alabama running back bus. He is. Yeah. You know, just like Eddie Lacy, right? Just like Trent Richardson. He had a fleeting moment of flash, of of fury, of fantasy glory, and flamed out very quickly. There's a lot of F's in there. so it's, it's And that's the grade that I would apply to Derek Henry right now. He's failing in all facets for fantasy. Are we headed down a
1: road where we start? We got to start taking that into account, like stop with the you know, their running backs. It's more rare than common that they actually this you know, who it compares to. I feel like, although no, because recently I was about to say Wisconsin, but recently Wisconsin started to come around like James I just remember, White, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying before that, you remember yeah. before that, where we every time it's like, all right, another, another Wisconsin running back fails in the NFL, Monte Ball, Brian Calhoun, Michael Bennett, and yeah, the list goes on yeah, and on. Exactly. I've been seduced by those guys too. Yeah, we always get we will fall down that rabbit hole. Well, well, Um,
0: well, here's the thing. What's what's the similarity between Wisconsin and Alabama? Giant ogre offensive lines. (laughs) That's very true. So it it pads the bottom line, makes those guys look better than what they really are on tape.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. All right. So you alluded to it before with the AJ Green injury news situation. So obviously everybody's headed out there with the John Ross or Alex Erickson or like. I think we're all saying it, it, it should be John Ross, but I, I kind of feel like, has he been in the league like five years now? Like, I feel like we've been waiting on him forever, despite the only the fact that it's been a very short fleeting time because he just hasn't done anything on the field because he can't get on it.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I mean, it, it is uh, becoming problematic. Uh, it's a bit of a bugaboo. The injury imp continues to snack on his flesh. Uh, He's been dealing with a groin injury, but he's been practicing this week, so it's an encouraging sign. Look, this guy can run every route in the tree, in my opinion. I mean, that was one of his calling cards coming out of Washington. Everybody just thinks, oh, he's a streak receiver. He's a smaller version of Torrey Smith, just a blazer outside the numbers guy. No, he's really good on slant routes. He can run a hook. He can run a shallow cross and turn what would be a five-yard catch into a 20-yard gain in the blink of an eye because of his blazing wheels. Uh, So the opportunity is ripe, and you know this is his time to shine. It's now or never john ross and he uh, alex erickson sticking with the wisconsin theme apparently <laughs> um, you know he's best suited go in the yeah well they're they're just uh, kind of a middling big 10 team this year uh but we got basketball around the corner so there you go uh they can get uh, you know all the face and and everything saved uh, in that sport compared to football but it, it, i just am not buying uh necessarily that a whole lot of people are going to step up in this offense now there's a great opportunity this week because it's the saints and that secondary has been so deplorable. So Ross, you know, if, if I had to rank them, I, obviously Ross would be number one. I mean, Tyler Boyd is the true number one here. And then Alex Erickson and then Malone. And But I think you're going to see a lot more Joe Mixon working outside as well as a receiver. Maybe even some Gio. Geo's back. So. Yeah, Geo's back. I mean, they, they're going to have to do something uh, to try to move the chain. has got to get really creative, try to spread uh, the defense out. And one thing you can't do against the Saints, you can't run on them.
1: No, and that's, a, yeah, that's exactly, we've seen that how many weeks in a row now and people are still like, ah, well, it's the Saints defense. Well, no, that's the one thing that actually works is the Saints run defense. So, you know, speaking of which, real quick, you said the Tyler Boyd thing. Any concern, and obviously we're not going to know that until we see the game played, but any concern that what if they move Tyler Boyd outside and then all of a sudden he's not playing on the slot?
0: Yeah, that's, it's a concern. I mean, he's seen slot action right around 68% of the time so far this season. So he does have some experience working outside, uh, but he's best suited on those slants, those shallow crosses. That's where he makes his money. Um, but he also had A.J. Green to help him get single coverage. Now I think he's going to see more double coverage as a result of it. That could spring Ross loose. It could spring uh, an Alex Erickson, maybe a Joe Mixon outsider, Gio Bernard if he were to get some action out of the slot or in motion. So – uh, I, I just think uh, you know, the O.C. in Cincinnati, uh, Bill Lazor's got to get ultra-creative here to try to yeah. move some of these pieces around and maximize the matchups. It's the only hope they have. Josh Malone's going to win somebody a million bucks this week. Watch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and somehow he'll be owned in like uh, 10% of those DK leagues. <laughs> all right, so speaking of something before for the
1: running backs not getting used properly, you are talking about Aaron Jones and Deion Lewis, all that stuff. Hey, Duke Johnson. What a surprise that a guy that was inside the top five of receiving yards, for running backs, each of the past two seasons—arguably one of the best, if not the best, pass-catching running back in the league—when you get him involved, good things happen, Brad.
0: Yeah, it's a shocker, isn't it? Uh, it? It just blows the mind how coaches uh, tend to gloss over talented players. And it's very simple: why can't do Johnson be Cleveland's version of James White? I mean, right. why? Why not? I mean, you got you got a young, inexperienced quarterback who's very talented at Baker Mayfield, generally accurate, uh, though you know he's had some misfires here this season. Uh, but that was one of his calling cards coming out of Oklahoma. Uh, yep. What better way to ease some of that pressure in the pocket than having a safety valve there in the short field who could turn a dump-off pass into a first down, a sizable chunk game. And they're not exactly overflowing with wide receiver options. No, I mean, after they made the dumbfounding move of you know, trading Josh Gordon for a fifth-rounder, uh, which is, of course, as we mentioned, paying huge dividends now for the New England Patriots. I mean, your your top options: Jarvis Landry, who hasn't done much uh, here of late, a guy that's averaged like 50 yards per game in his last five contests. Uh, Antonio Gall- uh, Callaway's, you know, he's had some flashes of brilliance at times. Hollywood Higgins in a similar boat. Uh, David and has been very good, but yeah, man. I, I look. I, I think the resurrection of Duke Johnson is here to stay uh I think this week in particular facing Atlanta has given up 68 receptions the most of the league of the running back position yeah uh, he's I'm, I'm gonna have an every single DFS lineup uh probably with everybody else in America uh <laughs> but uh, I, I think this is the beginning of him getting consistently five to seven receptions per game so if you're in a PPR league you've been sitting and waiting for the Duke revival to occur congratulations you're about to be richly rewarded
1: yeah, I have one buddy, and I'm not talking about my home league to talk about my home league, but just understanding that the, the hatefulness that can come from fantasy sports. He's like, I just, he just cut Duke last week. And, I, and he was like, dude, man, that, that's got to be painful. He's like, I just got ter- tired of staring at his name on my bench. Like, it just, it was that thing. And then, of course, the coaching change happens. And well, guess what? Man, you, know, you just did it one week too early. But yeah, at some point, nine weeks into the season, I actually give him credit for holding on for that long.
0: Yeah. I do too. Uh, and I have them in, uh, in an industry league, but it's got a deep bench. It's like an eight oh, man bench. I, at one point, owned all Cleveland running backs <laughs> for some sick to reason. And you know what? It's turned out just fine with the exception of Carlos Hyde getting shipped to Jacksonville. Uh, but I had Nick Chubb and I had Duke Johnson just waiting. And now I've got, you know, two of the three and the more valuable two of the three uh, out of that thrice. So I'm feeling pretty good about it.
1: Uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure you are. There was no, like, uh, Matt days at the beginning of the season before it started, like you staffed ah, him to, just, ah, for, ah, just in case? <laughs> no, I, I drew the line there. Okay, fair enough. All right. I hate to talk about this because I feel like this is the entire season of talking about it, but it's starting to come to a head, and that's the Le'Veon Bell situation. And the only reason I bring it up now is because – I think the topic has pivoted, Brad, and lately, you yeah. tell me your opinion, of course, but we got Tomlin saying we need volunteers, not prisoners, which is kind of a tongue-in-cheek way of saying, basically, we're not going to force anybody to be here that wasn't going to be here, which kind of lends itself to reading some tea leaves and saying, I wonder how much Le'Veon Bell is going to be used when he comes back, because now we're getting talks of, it's still the week eleven potential but it's the week 11 and they might put him on the non-exempt list and hold him out for a week or two to not pay him and then you've got the well how much do they even pay him play him in the game with how James Conner's playing just to spite him and say like so we're getting down this road where at the beginning of the season like week five and six it was well if Le'Veon Bell comes back James Conner gets 30 40 percent he's going to be mixed in because he can't ignore what he's done now we're actually getting to the point where it's is it Le'Veon Bell getting mixed in? Is it Le'Veon Bell potentially being left out until you even get to the fantasy playoffs? And at, at this point, where where are you going with what tea leaves are you reading when it comes to Le'Veon Bell?
0: I, I don't think we're going to see him play a single snap this season. Really? Yeah, that is my gut belief. I have no insider information. I have nothing to go on um, outside of, of just what my intestinal fortitude is telling me. That's it. Uh, I, I think that James Conner... Well, what, what did you have for lunch? When we, when we A all- <laughs> <laughs> couple of tacos, El Pastor style. That's the only way to taco, by the way. Um, and I do put pineapple on it, damn it. And I'm proud to say that yeah. as an American. Uh, but <laughs> the thing with uh, you know James Conner is he's putting up historic numbers. He's putting up better than Le'Veon Bell numbers. I mean, he's the first uh, running back in Pittsburgh franchise history, and they've got an esteemed list of players that have uh, played at that position. Uh, they're in the Steel City over the years uh, to go for a uh, thousand yards from scrimmage and ten or more touchdowns in the first eight games of the season. I mean, he just put up stupid numbers. Uh, I said this before at the beginning of the year. I, you know, nobody really knew what direction this was going to go, but I knew from watching James Conner not at the University of Pittsburgh, but also in the preseason, and I'm like, damn, this guy's good. Like he's really good. And I'm like, you know, I don't think this is much. This is almost like a lateral move for the Steelers, if if Connor becomes the high-volume running back, and that has certainly come to fruition. Uh, It is shocking how well he has played in the um, minds and eyes of many. But again, if you just watch the tape on him and watch what he did at the collegiate level, you shouldn't be at all surprised by what's turned out. So I think the schism between Tomlin and the team and the front office and Le'Veon Bell is irreparable at this point. And uh, this is just going to be a, a completely lost season for Le'Veon, which will ultimately benefit him in the end.
1: All right, so if you have Le'Veon Bell and you can get, I guess, any value for him, you're just shedding it. Him the you script. take it.
0: Yeah, okay. I mean, you have to. I mean, anything. If it's 30 cents on the dollar, you're taking it because I don't think you're going to see him play a single snap. And if he does return, I think he is clearly going to be the second fiddle. How on earth could they take the ball away from James Conner after what he has done and how he has been the consummate teammate. How? I'm
1: with you. I I actually had a trade proposed to me in one of the the leagues, and the person sent me Allen Robinson, Le'Veon Bell, for Ezekiel Elliott. I said no, and I sent back Marlon Mack, because I'm also deep at running back, and I still didn't feel that great about it. And the dude responded back, and he goes, bro, come on. And I was like, well, no. Obviously, we're on different pages here, because I don't think Le'Veon Bell deserves even half of Le'Veon Bell's trade value right now.
0: No, he doesn't. He really doesn't. Uh, so again, if you, if you're getting anything here, here's a fun trade. Why don't you deal Le'Veon Bell for Gronk and see what <laughs> crappy option actually lives up to the hype? Oh, that that would be a fun one. Who scores more the rest of the season? It, uh, it could be a wash. It could be zeros, bunch of Krispy creams across the board.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I would probably take Gronk in that one, but that, that's uh, that's. A- by the way, don't ever put that on your column. I'm sure you have, but don't ever put the, th- the fact that you think Gronk is washed up in your column because the number of Patriots fans that come out of the woodwork and start yelling at you in the comment section is ridiculous. I just oh, there's so know.
0: many jack wagons <laughs> out there just in, among NFL fan bases. Well, here's the best, Brad.
1: You want the yeah. best one? Yeah, go ahead. The, the Patriots are so smart. I'm telling you, they're just saving them for the end of the season.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> sure.
0: All right. Yeah, yeah. I believe that. Uh huh. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. Thanks. Hey,
1: picks can fly too. They can. They, they definitely can. Speaking of pigs, look at that transition. Oh, nice! The, the Redskins, you know, with the fans and all this. Yeah, and, the Hawks.
0: yeah I like
1: there it. You know, there you go, Adrian Peterson. I kind of feel like he's Lucy in the comments. Like, like, all right, no, I'm seriously holding the ball here this time. You can kick it. Trust me. I, I, I it's going to because every time we go down this path, it's like, hey, Adrian Peterson looks amazing. There's something this guy is just a cyborg. We can't explain it all right, let's buy in, and then boom, fails us. And it's like, all right, well, now we've got a little bit of a tell from last year when he was with the Cardinals and early in the season. If he touches the ball 20-plus times, you don't want him the next week. But then he has two straight games of that, and it's like, okay, okay. It's different this time. And then what does he do? Comes out last week against the Falcons. Granted, that game kind of went screwy early on, but at the same time, we're ready to trust Adrian Peterson, and one of the bigger letdowns last week was Adrian Peterson. But now, on tap. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, what do we do with Adrian Peters? Is it just if you own him, you start him every single week and just, just close your eyes and cross your fingers?
0: Uh, to a certain extent, and, and really even including this week. So people are going to look at uh, the matchup superficially, and they're automatically going to assume, oh, I have to play him against Tampa Bay. I mean, the Buccaneers, after all, rank inside the top 10 of most fancy points allowed at the running back position. Uh, but numbers, they can be deceiving. Because if you break it down at a granular level, you look at some of the advanced metric sites that are out there, uh, yeah, the Buccaneers have allowed that many points to the fantasy position, but they have allowed a lot of points through the air, not necessarily in between the tackles. Uh, according to Football Outsiders, this is the fourth best defensive line in terms of adjusted line yards allowed uh, You know, on the ground this season. So with Gerald McCoy there as a viable man-eater, uh, knowing they're giving up less than four yards per carry as well, I got a feeling this is another one of those trap games. Scenarios for Peterson. I mean, he should have gone ham last week. and mm-hmm. He didn't do anything. <laughs> you know, against Atlanta. So now you've you got an, another friendly matchup, and I think it's going to be a fantasy failure. I, I've got him on my lames list this week. i got him uh, pegged for 64 combined yards and no score.
1: Wow, so if Chris Thompson plays, you're playing Thompson, and if not, Capri, uh, Capri Bibbs? Uh, yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, Bibbs is interesting. You know, if, it's a, if you're in a half-point or greater PPR league, uh, you know, whoever suits up there between Thompson and Bibbs, uh, I think they're worth a flex option. Uh, you know, Bibbs found the end zone last week. I we wouldn't be at all, sh- you know, shocked or surprised if he uh, replicated that effort here in Week 10. Uh, but really, you know, probably the best option for Washington this week is Maurice Harris.
1: Yeah, I, I actually already have him as a sleeper this week because people are still going to doubt him after last week. And guess what? Maurice Harris plays a lot of the slot where well, there's no Jameson Crowder. And Crowder, I'm doubting Crowder being ruled out last week on Thursday. I, I
0: doubt he plays this week. No, I don't think so either. And if you look at the matchup one on one against MJ Stewart, who is the slot corner for Tampa Bay, he's given up a 146 passer rating in his assignments. Uh, last I checked, that's not very good.
1: No. <laughs> It's not. It's up there with the good old PJ Williams out of the Saints. So they're like,
0: <laughs> right. Who would possibly <laughs> want like defensive player of the week a
1: couple of weeks? I just said that? that. Thank you. I said that on the podcast last week, Brad. I was like, wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me we ignore how terrible you are just because you happen to get a lucky interception and run it back for the touchdown. So that makes you defensive player of the week despite everything else you've done wrong?
0: Yeah, it's mind blowing. It really is. But hey, you know, you get hot, you get hot.
1: By, by the way, speaking of which, you mentioned the half-point PPR in there. Can I thank you again? I don't know how much you had to do with it, but I'm giving you a lot of credit, if so, either way. is Thank you for Yahoo going to default half-point PPR. I, I really appreciate that. Now, if you could just do the next part, and I'll even send you a T-shirt for free if you do so, As my Band Kickers T-shirt. I would love that.
0: Oh, yeah, that would be tremendous. I actually saw that. I'm going to pick that up on RotoWare. a uh, Big fan of that, uh, that tee myself. i got to get that for the television show and support that to the 100 million households that's beamed out to. But, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a concerted effort uh, internally. It was something I've been pushing for for a long time. Guy Lake, former guy that actually uh, used to write about the NBA for townofmisteroto.com back in the day. He actually runs our product team. Um, he's also been advocating for it. So I think it just kind of hit ahead, and everybody looked at each other and said, it's time. And, and it, honestly, behind the scenes, Guy and I are both pushing to get kickers banned. So. It, you. We're on the precipice of making that happen, and it could happen as early as next. I
1: year. actually, I don't know if you like put the seed there and I just made it grow, but you're, you're, boy, you're brand of and it's over with me also at the athletic now. I actually, he mentioned that he's like, he's on board this
0: year. So he's on board as well. So, yeah. I mean, let's, let's do this thing, man. I, kickers suck
1: i know speaking of which wait on road i I called i talked to kenny from We're we're co-branding because his came out after mine and actually i was like dude what's what's the deal man my my band kickers t-shirt he didn't know and it's not like like you said not everybody follows everything everybody else does surprise surprise mine actually has the kung fu kicker
0: oh i didn't know you had your own version well that's tremendous i might have to get both then no,
1: well, that's what I was gonna say. If you wait, we're gonna co-brand it so you can get mine because mine I like order in a batch. <laughs> I have people send me PayPal, so we're gonna co-brand this way. Like he can handle all the orders and ship them out more like like a real company, like he has. So you'll you'll be able to get that one over there. So you can just wait and get the good one. Oh, good call! I like yeah. it. You like that? All right. Speaking of liking things, I'm gonna go back to your Broncos. Phil Lindsay, we all like. He had a good game, not great. Sutton, it was his game. Oh, good. Time's here. Finally, Demarius Thomas is gone. Good game, not great. And then we're gonna to get to Roast Freeman in a second, because I do want to talk about him. Yeah. But Lindsay and Sutton in that game. Is that just, you know what? Guess what? Not every player has to be great every single week. Or did you take something out of it where uh, well, maybe Lindsay, we've seen the best similar to Granted, Austin Eckler has half the touch. Actually, maybe like one-third the touches he does. But have we maybe seen the best from Lindsey? And then second was, is Sutton maybe overhyped coming out, and he's going to be more of a wide receiver three or four than a potential wide receiver two in your opinion?
0: Well, I mean, this is a function of the entire offense. I mean, it's circling the drain the entire franchise is, uh, despite uh, John Elway's emphatic words actually came out today that he continues to support Vance Joseph. Why? I have no idea. Uh, I called, you know, certain coaches in in the flock of Dodos. Uh, You know, Mike McCarthy is part of that group. Mike McCoy was. Hugh Jackson was. Vance Joseph very much is. Uh, Adam Gase to a certain extent is. With his love affair with Frank Gore, not really giving Kenny Drake a whole lot of run on a consistent basis. Yeah, I mean, it's all these many things. It's the flock of Dodos. Um, So, you know, again, I think it's a function of of the coaching staff, uh, the shortcomings in terms of creativity. I think it's a predictable offense, Uh, So, yeah, I think I viewed Cortland Sutton probably more as a wide receiver three rest of the season um, than the wide receiver two that we were maybe billing him or building him up to be. I think Phillip Lindsey's still a firm uh, RB2 rest of the season. I mean, his yards after contact per uh, per attempt numbers are tremendous. His yards created per carrier, outstanding as well. He's top 12 in both those categories. And even with Royce coming back, I mean, Lindsey, he gets one or two explosive runs per week, no Mm -hmm. matter the opponent's uh, he just gets the job done, and now they're starting to utilize him in variable ways, trying to get him more involved in the pass game. So, uh, you look, this is a kid that was an undrafted free agent. Uh, people were you know, throwing all kinds of shade at me that Royce Freeman didn't pan out. Royce Freeman's still pretty damn good. Right. <laughs> I, I, I hate to you know, inform a lot of the masses out there. Maybe the numbers haven't rolled in, but a lot of the secondary analytics point to him having a very bright future. But I also talked Lindsey up during uh, preseason said, look, I've seen this guy at camp. I live in Denver. Uh, according to the sources I have, they love him. And hopefully he's going to render Devontae Booker obsolete. And I said he's going to be locked in at 8 to 12 touches per game, I think, starting week one. He actually exceeded that expectation. Uh, I mean, he's blown everybody away. But, yeah, I think you're satisfied with Lindsey as your you know, back end RB2 rest of the season, considering you plucked him off waivers probably after week one.
1: Royce Freeman goes back to RB3 when he comes back, or is Devontae Pooker gone? Because he got hurt, is it now just we're not going to be able to use either one of them?
0: Well, I, you know, I think it's just matchup-based for Royce Freeman. So you look at the schedule, rest of season for the Broncos, coming out of the bye, you get the L.A. Chargers on the road. And you got to keep that one competitive. Pittsburgh's a tough road to hoe. I mean, that's a legitimate steel curtain in the trenches. A lot of the 4th fewest fantasy points are running back position. Then you get Cincinnati. San Francisco, Cleveland, and Oakland. So that four-game stretch, weeks 13 through 16, could Royce Freeman be flexy, sexy Hells to the yes, he can. Again, this is a guy has got a 51% success rate. That is identical to Philip Lindsey. Yet he has seen more stacked fronts, according to NFL's next-gen stats, by a wide margin than any yeah. qualifying running back. It's like right around 53% of the time, and I think number two – uh, I don't remember who's number two on that list, but it's like thirty-five or thirty-three percent of the time. I mean, it's and that again is just Musgrave trotting Freeman out there. They get a power set, and the defense is like, "Oh, this is a run, dog." <laughs> you know, it's it's so predictable. Yeah, it's the Jordan it, it's Howard situation. Yeah, the, but Freeman makes the most of those situations. I mean, he's still a guy that's top ten in yak per attempt among eligible running backs at least seventy attempts. I force a lot of missed tackles. It's just they don't – you can catch the ball. So get creative with them. And they just refuse to do that. And, again, they just they line up in these certain sets that it's like it just keys the defense and they know exactly where to go.
1: Yeah. It's actually the, the Jordan Howard is as frustrating for you or actually for me as it is for you with Freeman. Actually,
0: I like Freeman a lot
1: too. No, not as much as you did, but I was close. I, you know what? I feel like every time you and I are close on a player, we just need to fade him completely. Oh, like yeah, 100%. we curse them. Yeah, I mean, there's a laundry list. I mean,
0: it, <laughs> were you on the Amir Abdullah bandwagon back in the day? No, okay, no, I wasn't on that one. So that's okay, a, what about Monte Ball?
1: Oh no, that that's the one I was kind of referring to. I didn't want to bring it up. Ryan
0: again. Matthews. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's a list. Felix Jones, I was high on one year. Well, Amir Abdullah's out there now. Oh yeah, I saw that. He's uh, he's no longer. Uh, they signed. Uh, they brought Zach Center back. It's yeah. Zach Center's like he's trying to like uh, destroy cancer. He's <laughs> like a, a medical researcher. Is so, he? What? Yeah. Why are we pulling his ass out of the lab and putting him on a football field? The man is trying to do good work and yeah, never That's touch why. the ball. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> I I Let him chase it. Which, well, we'll have to throw this out there. And by the time people are listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday, it might be irrelevant, but let's talk about it just in case. As Bryant visiting the Saints, I mean, we have to. I mean, and it's very, I say it's because it's interesting. It's not only did he visit the Saints. He got his own practice, it, it, like, by himself, after everybody else, after Brandon Marshall, and uh, I forget who the other person they brought in was. But they brought in two people, with Brandon Marshall being one of them, and they said, you know what, Des, we'll, we'll meet with you on your own. If this happens, I, or, or is Des Bryant a must Is Des Bryant even on the fancy radar if this happens?
0: No, uh, because it's a brand-new system uh, he's going to have to get assimilated into. Uh, it's going to take time. Uh, Trayquann Smith, I think, is a, is a budding or rising star. Uh, we know what Michael Thomas is going to do. Hog targets. Uh, Alvin Kamara is going to be heavily utilized in the pass game. You got Ben Watson there as well. I think this is more or less an indictment on Cameron Meredith. And yeah. knowing that, look, if if God forbid the Saints lost a Trayquann or they lost the Michael Thomas to injury, they're kind of thin at wide receiver if you think about it, especially since Meredith really just hasn't, you know, risen to the occasion. So I think they, they want an extra body for the stretch run. They're in position uh, to battle. You know, I think the Rams again in the NFC for the title uh, and to reach the Super Bowl. I think they're going to beat them too. I really do. I I think the Rams have too many shortcomings defensively, not to say that the saints are exactly stout there. We know they are. We've mentioned before, they're really good in terms of, containing the run, vulnerable on the back, and that's why well, they brought in Eli Apple. Uh, but I think they just have too much firepower. And if the road goes through the Superdome, game, set, match, you can forget about it. So oh, I, I think it's just a depth move. That's all there is to it. Yeah,
1: I'm with you too, especially because a lot of people are talking about, well, you could get him in some slot work. Like people, oh. do you, They don't understand that Michael Thomas is a slot flanker. Do you not realize that, yes, Cameron Meredith has a very high percentage of his snaps in the slot, but – you still have more snaps going to Michael Thomas. So, okay, fine. Let's even just say Des Bryant is what you're saying. 100%. He replaces Cam Meredith. This is an indictment on him. Okay, so what? He's got a handful of snaps per game out of slot. Whoop-de-doo, Basil. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. I, it's just like it, people are just seduced. They're tractor-beamed by <laughs> names that are you know uh, synonymous <laughs> with fantasy production or, or ancient. Long ago fantasy production, and that's Des Bryant. I mean, this guy could not beat press coverage at all last year. He's done. Yeah. He's done.
1: All right, last one. I'll get you out of here because I know we're super busy this time of year, and I want to let you uh, get back to things. I'm going to gamble on college basketball tonight. Exactly. And you're gonna, you are gonna give us a pick or two before you get out of here as well. Uh, I could do that. I could, I'll give it to you right now. You gonna, uh, we'll, we'll do the last one, and then you give okay. it. To me. All right, go for it. Doug Baldwin bounces back. Uh, David Moore, Tyler Lockett, finally was surprisingly, the touchdown rate didn't succeed. You know, the Calvin Ridley from earlier this year that doesn't continue. What a surprise, people, that we kind of keep saying this all the time. And yet, people always think, to your point, it's not just seduced by name. I think there's two things people are seduced by in fantasy, Brad. Right? It's not the name also, but also, it's the shiny new toy. I might have that, sh- I might have that huge player that turns out to be David Johnson from a few years. I might have that guy. And they just ignore the numbers. But looking forward, Russell Wilson did pass a ton in that game for the first time in quite a while. Where are your your stances, I guess, on Doug Baldwin, David Moore, Tyler Lockett going forward for these receivers?
0: Well, I mean, the thing about Russell Wilson, uh, historically what we've seen, he's a guy that typically picks up momentum over the second half of the season. And now the schedule seems to be opening up. He's starting to get some healthier options back. Uh, You know, Baldwin looked good last week, which is an encouraging sign. You know, I think he's still more or less a wide receiver three, uh, but you look at the remaining schedules. So, this week you get that shootout affair against the LA Rams, which is has got an over under in the high 50s. Uh, and then you get Green Bay after that, and that's a defense that's starting to fall apart a little bit at Carolina, San Francisco, Minnesota, at San Francisco again in Kansas City. So, I mean, there's some delectable matchups embedded in there rest of season. So, you know, with trade deadlines approaching in Yahoo Leagues, November 10th this is the deadline uh, for the standard trade deadline, um, you know, across the swath of Yahoo. Uh, you know, buying Doug Baldwin for peanuts, uh, I think, is a, a recommended move. Uh, Tyler Lockett's going to have some flashes as well. I mean, David Moore, I think, is more of a fluke uh, than anything else in my estimation. And then I, I continue to buy low on Russell Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson's been consistently outside the top 15 this season in terms of fantasy points per game, but uh, I think he is going to get back into that QB1 range in 12-teamers here over the last handful of slates just because the, the matchups are too damn good.
1: No, I'm with you. I've been trying to buy Doug Baldwin in a lot of places as well. All right, so as you said, college basketball kicks off tonight, so I, I, it sounds like you're ready for this. I, I want to hear some of your picks. I'll, you know what? I'm not going to let you give your picks yet because I'm just going to say, do my Tar Heels cover their 10-point spread against Wofford?
0: Well, that's a fascinating game. Um, you know, <laughs> Wofford, Wofford's always <laughs> tough, and that's a rogue game. I know. That's why I was like, I saw 10. I'm like, that's actually kind of reasonable. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very reasonable. And Walford's got an experienced club. Uh, their two leading scorers are coming back from last year. Uh, I actually take Walford in the 10.5. It's up to 10.5 right now. Uh, okay.
1: Right, Seventy so the- percent. Give us your real picks. Give us give us the the team those picks.
0: Well, I I you know let's go to some of the marquee matchups. Uh, Kentucky Duke. Uh, Kentucky land now two to uh, a couple of places to eleven at one and a half. I like the the Wildcats are actually more experienced than their opponent. Uh, Duke's got you know the fat five freshman Zion Williamson has no business being in college basketball. He should be playing in the NBA right now. Probably averaging fifteen and ten. He is an absolute freak, and you want to tune in to see him play. But I mean, Kentucky's got established guys they've got some chemistry that was rooted last year Uh, i'm gonna err on the side of experience because typically even with outstanding freshmen it takes time to develop a rapport between all the components uh though coach k has said that their chemistry is already off the charts i'll believe it (laughs) when i see it against a team like kentucky so i'm taking the wildcats minus two Uh, the line in the Michigan State game has dropped. It opened at six. It's down to four and a half. That's Kansas minus four and a half. Kansas number one in the country. Extraordinarily talented team that should be there close to the end of the season. If uh, all things, you know, play up to how they're supposed to and everybody stays healthy. Uh, I'm a little scared of that one because 70% of the public uh, action is on Kansas. So there could be some sharp action right now on uh, on Sparty. So I, I think the wise choice betting would be the first half line, which would be Kansas minus two and a half. Uh, so I'm going to go there because Michigan state has some serious holes to fill from last year's squad. I think the sneakiest game of the night is Western Kentucky and Washington. Hmm. And you might say to yourself, Oh, the pride of Paducah, huh? <laughs> well, here's the thing about Rick stanberry He cheats. He is a known cheater. Uh, he's a guy that's been involved in this FBI investigation for, you know, some improprieties at prior stops he could recruit because people know he's got money and uh, it's always flowing through Rick (laughs) Stansberry. So they've got some crazy talent uh, on that Hilltoppers team. And as good as Washington is in a two, three zone in there, Michael Hopkins, they've got the length and athleticism to really play it and, and frustrate opponents. I think the mid-range game, which is how you can beat that 2-3 zone, I think Western Kentucky has the, the assets to do exactly that. So that game, the line has climbed all the way to 9.5. I think a lot of people investing in Washington, the brand name there. But I think Western Kentucky doesn't beat them, but scares the bejesus out <laughs> of the Huskies. So that could be one of the fun games tonight after you watch all the election results roll in.
1: All right. So basically, what you're telling me is that if I go to see my alma mater Monarchs, that I should not go to the Western Kentucky ODU game. <laughs> That's the one I should skip.
0: Oh yeah. You, are you guys actually? Oh yeah. I guess you would be playing each other this year. Uh, yeah. Don't do that. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Western I mean, West Kentucky's taking that conference. I would be floored. I would be shocked if Western Kentucky is not better than a 11 seed in the tournament. They, they're probably going to be one of those 10 seeds that wins 28 games. They got like 25. Uh, but they, they have got a ton of talent, man. I, that is going to be a tough out in the tournament, again, if everything comes together. But November is always a crapshoot. And if you listen to my picks, always hashtag Fade the Noise uh, because I feel <laughs> confident about these. Yet I know very little about these teams right now because the first, it's the first damn game of the season and things can change so rapidly in the college basketball world.
1: That is true. I was actually about to give that hashtag out because I was going to say, you can follow you at Yahoo Noise. Uh, you can do that. fade faded. So give everybody else, not like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, same thing. If they're following this podcast and somehow not following you, I'd be beyond shocked. But still, let everybody know where they find you, the TV show you got going on, everything, Brad, so people know where to go get Brad Evans.
0: Yeah, so again, uh, Twitter at Yahoo Noise, as you mentioned. Thanks for promoting that. Uh, the Fantasy Football Hour, television shows, a show that I created, I'm executive producer on, I'm the head writer I co-star on it with Lauren Gardner and uh, Nate Lundy actually sold the show to Crown Royal in Transamerica this year I do everything That's for nice. the damn show so we're in 100 million households across the country on regional sports networks so check your channel uh, Did you get guys-
1: hit in the face with things as I saw
0: yeah, I get hit in the head constantly. I mean, we're, we're silly. It's, I mean, it's a reflection of my personality, really, the entire show. And Lundy and uh, Lauren are just extraordinarily talented people and, and work hard. So I, I'm just thrilled to have them on board. Uh, that airs in 100 Million Households and Regional Sports Networks ac- across the country. So, again, check your guide for Channel and Times. Uh, Fantasy Football Live uh, coming up every Sunday. Yahoo we're season 13. And for the first time ever, we're taking the show on the road in two weeks to New Orleans. Woo. I may be arrested. <laughs> before we actually air. So we'll maybe you'll see me, maybe you won't, but we're going to be uh, previewing the Saints-Eagles game. Uh, going to be there amongst the masses, so please come party with us on Bourbon Street, uh, November uh, 18th, 19th, whatever that Sunday is, right before Thanksgiving. Uh, so tune into that, yahoo.sports.com. Of course, i got my own podcast called The Fantasy Record that I do with your esteemed colleague, Brandon Funston, which is available everywhere where you download your podcast. I think that's it.
1: Oh, I appreciate that, which – He's a great one as well, Brandon Funston. But thanks again, Brad.
0: I really, it was one of the best episodes,
1: not surprising.
0: Oh, wow. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I, I'm glad I lowered the IQ of your audience. <laughs> thanks
1: again. Once again, that was Brad Evans of Yahoo Sports. You heard everywhere to find him. He's great to follow, great to watch, entertaining, as you can tell, makes fantasy sports fun. Uh, a little even more so than I do. And that's what's great about him. So make sure you give him a follow. Make sure you tune into his stuff. I thank him again for coming on the show. We will be back Thursday for more All In Sports. I'll be back tomorrow, Wednesday, for the Patreon of All In Sports with Joe Pizza P and Chris Meany. So plenty more for you guys coming. So until next time, I'll uh, catch you later. Have a good one. <laughs> oh, and, um, I, I'm, hey, let's I just, check the calendar for this year. What's probably a busy night for,
0: yeah, let, let's for, do that one. For everybody, if they want to, you know, exercise their fundamental democratic right. Oh, it's madness. So that's from like seven to eight. So I told my wife, I'm like, look, here's <laughs> the deal. Duke is playing Kentucky. I'm going to have money on this. Uh, when he is playing his music, I will take the earbud out of the ear when the other kids are playing their music, I will be listening to the game. which is like, that's fine.
1: See, this is why it would be so much better if it was your niece or nephew, because I have a niece who does ballet. And so the Christmas recital, I find, my mom finds out what segment she's in, and then I just show up like 10 minutes before that segment.
0: Yeah, that's what you got to do. You just and I don't it, even have, have to pay a ticket, because they've already started. Yeah, I mean, you're offering your support. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're being there as a, as a member of the tribe.
1: Yeah, i don't care about everybody else's damn kids <laughs> yeah i'm with you so, you ex- know what you should really do if i i think you get two cell phones one pod in each ear. there you go
0: oh see that that would be a call that would be the call there oh god go. my i'd be like beetlejuice my head just be spitting <laughs>